everybody. I'm so excited to start my first podcast, Become Your Own Hero. Be Your Own Hero with my former co-anchor, my dear friend, Dave Freilich. Thank you so much for joining me from Austin, Texas, the ATX. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Loriana. This is my first ever podcast to participate in. And so to be on your first one, oh. that's cool stuff for me. I'm so excited. I'm looking at the lighting, though. I have like sun shining in. You have an angelic glow. I, I do. What is going on? Anyway, yeah. so much for that. This was supposed to be set up right. But anyway, the bottom line is we're going to share our stories. This is my, for my podcast, so it will be in audio. And then we'll also share it to the YouTube channel. And so I'm so excited to have you as my first guest. And um, That's cool. so thank you. Anyway, so yep, we'll start. Thank you for having me. We're, my book, I was just sharing with you before we hit the record button, is that it's called Become Your, Becoming the Story. And it's all about becoming your own hero. I went from telling everyone's story to becoming the story. And why I felt it was so instrumental to have you joining me for this is because you were there through this pivotal moment for me. You witnessed it. You were there as a friend. But I remember the day when I was at work and I had that excruciating bone pain and I was dismissing it, saying, oh, I must have worked out too hard. Do you remember this? I do remember that. Of course, it was part of your story before I guess you knew what your story was weeks, maybe even a couple months as I remember it in the fall of 2013. And I just remember you, you talking about that arm pain and how much it bothered you for a few days. And of course there were a million ways to explain it away because you are such a workout warrior. Uh, your son Gabriel was so young at the time and you carried him all over the place. And that, that really made the most sense to me. Like, of course, you know, you've, you've got a young boy on your arm all day, every day. It's going to tire your arm out. It's going to hurt it or something happened. There's a million different explanations for it. Yeah, there are. And, and so for me, it was easy to write off. And so for people just tuning in and, and maybe not know my story that Dave knows the story. Now I'm a two-time cancer survivor. But at the, at the time of this, what I didn't know is that arm pain that was brewing was AML leukemia, acute myeloid leukemia. But it was unbelievable because at the time when I had that pain in my arm, I still, when I travel and speak, I talk to people about the warning signs and how we overlook the warning signs to illness. We write mm -hmm. them off. And I knew when I, that night I woke up at midnight, which was pretty close to our wake up time. I mean, for me, because I had a flat yeah. iron in my hair, your yeah. hair looks great, but I was up by 145. Never flat ironed. <laughs> Never flat ironed. But no. I was up at 145 in the morning every day to nurse my son, get ready for work. And so at midnight, when I had this shooting pain, the first thing we all tend to say and you know, as, as a morning show anchor, you say, oh, they need me. I can't, I can't leave my co-anchors hanging. And a lot it's of people true. their jobs, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And in, the, in the middle of the night, the last thing you want to do is call in. Uh, you would, we would all talk to each other. And it's a common thing about how tired we are. Of course, we're tired. We wake up in the middle of the night. You, you were living at that time. You know, your husband was working in another job in Washington, D.C., and you hadn't gotten the family together yet. So you were mom and dad in the house, carrying them all over the place. Of course, you'd be exhausted. Of course, your arm would be tired. That, that made all the sense in the world to me. In fact, it would have been weird if you hadn't felt that way. Exactly. So when I went to doctors, even over those months leading up to it, I, I remember telling you, oh, I went to a doctor. I didn't feel well. And he said, oh, it's nothing to worry about. You're just tired. You're the fitness guru. No, you're the clean eating, green drinking yoga enthusiast. So go home and just enjoy your son and get rest. Because, you know, as, as morning show anchors, anchors in general or newscasters or people in the industry, 
we tend to burn the candle at both ends because we're covering stories, building sources, going to events, fundraisers, galas. It's a constant go, go, go. And they just told me you need to slow down and said that there was really nothing else that, that they could do for me, that there was nothing wrong with me. So I yeah, like what I mean, they said. Well, that's right. And you know, and one of the things I would think about you getting to know you over that fall, I mean, one of the first things that would pop into my head, think about you is how healthy you were, how seriously you took exercise and nutrition. It, it didn't seem to me like you would be facing something like this. Intellectually, you know, that can hit anybody at any time. And I know that's the message you're really trying to get out now. And I knew that then, but you still profile it. So this is a young person eating, again, so healthy, oh. working out every opportunity. And that's not you. That was, Where is my husband when I need him to fix this light? No, it's I, good light. I made this in honor of you and Zach and Lauren. This is my, it's like a date suite. This is one of the chocolate <laughs> avocado mousses. So this has, while we're on it. So we, we talk about, these are the kind of segments that I did and Dave would stay in the corner before he did food truck Fridays. This has avocados, which is a good fat, mm -hmm. cacao powder, which is 20 times the antioxidants of red wine, um, a little bit of honey, a little bit of vanilla and almond milk. And this is my chocolate mousse, no sugar. And these are the kind of desserts that I would make for my clean eating, green you would, drinking. You, you would do that several times a week on the show. What Zach and I and all of us on the show learned to do is to kind of hide around the corner because Loriana would say, oh, there's someone, so come on out and try this. And full disclosure, uh, every now and then I'd try something and it would be delicious. And sometimes I'd try something and it would be okay. <laughs> and sometimes I'd try something and think, how long do I have to keep this in my mouth? That this be polite to this person who made it to get this- Until the camera goes the off. <laughs> and dates are very good, but dates, I remember our meteorologist, Zach, uh, he, you made a dessert with dates as the sugar and he ate so much of it that he needed to uh, blaze a trail to the uh, facility to take care of it because dates and it was always a joke do their about, job. About my date sweet desserts. That same thing my husband says when he'll try something and his eyes get really wide and he's like, it's an acquired taste. I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't understand what part. This is amazing. It's date sweetened desserts. There's yeah. no sugar. It's clean eating. And, yeah. uh, I, I love to bring and educate and I was very enthusiastic about it and I still am. And so I'm glad we can share all those moments. And that's why in your honor, I, instead of water, <laughs> I celery juice. Um, but that, that was a big thing for me when I was diagnosed. So just to tell everyone, when I was diagnosed, I was the clean eating, green drinking, yoga enthusiast. I would work out with people. You saw me work out with the Houston Texans and celebrities mm -hmm. that were coming to town. And so I felt like when they told me you have AML leukemia, at first I would call you crying and other friends saying, I feel like a fraud. Like, did I mislead people to say, drink this and you will avoid cancer and eat this and you can avoid mm -hmm. cancer. And so I felt like that was the message I was putting out, like do this and you're safe. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is you're not necessarily safe. It just means that you're more prepared and your body's more fit. The bad things yeah. can still happen to you. But it There's took no doubt a long about time it. to get that. You know, I, I draw parallels to that, to kind of what we're in right now in the news, talking about COVID-19. The news does a great job, I've been telling people this, of profiling the 98-year-old World War II veteran who gets COVID-19 and still beats it and walks out of the hospital, and the, and the 26-year-old marathoner who's perfectly healthy and a woman and dies from it. 
And both those things are true, but the reality is probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, life is uncertain, but your best bets are to try to take good care of yourself, to work out, to make working out in the rhythm of your life and to maybe, you know, eat. Some people are going to eat better than others. You're, you're an eating all-star, but even I, I joke about it to mix in, to consistently mix in the good foods, the fruits, the vegetables, to con consistently try to scale back some of those more indulgent things as a treat. That's just a good way to live your life, no matter what's going to happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know when, when I got to the hospital, so they did say, say goodbye to your son. We have a bed waiting for you through reaching out through social media. I ended up at Johns Hopkins, as you know, and my doctor said, listen, instead of focusing on the lack of sleep that may have led you here, the the stress that probably laid the foundation that also led you here. Focus on what you did right. And that was that you prepared for this, this illness. You showed up fit for the fight. You prehabilitated. And it really struck me because you think of all the stories we do and I everything's, oh, they, they're at a rehab facility for after a back surgery or knee surgery, but everything's rehab. And nobody says, hey, I'm going to, hey, I'm prehabbing today. I'm having celery juice and prehabbing. You know, it's such a great point when you introduce that word. It makes so much sense because I always think about, oh, someone got sick, whether from whatever it is, an illness or a surgery or whatever, they've got to bounce back. It makes all the sense in the world that the better care you've taken of yourself beforehand, like you said, the more you can do to fight it, the quicker you can bounce back in your recovery, whatever it is, you, you will be better to fight for your life, as you say, or, or your health, whatever it is. Yeah, I, absolutely. I agree with that. And I wanted to ask your perspective. There's so many people when I travel, when I speak to executives, I speak to busy people like yourself, busy professionals. And I needed, so I didn't, I listened when people talked to me, but it didn't really hit a nerve until I became the story, like the title of my book. But how many times, I mean, like in a job like yours in TV that you don't have time to recharge and you feel bad to say no to events or you feel bad that you're not giving enough back because there's only 24 hours in a day. I mean, do you yeah. think about that? I, I feel that. And, and I don't even, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. It's not even outside your house. What about like when you put in a full day of work and like, man, I've got things I got to clean up around here. I've got something, one tree's growing against that. I mean, we've all got more things to do than we have time to do it. And, and time management is an issue. But some people, I don't think let themselves do whatever that thing is that lets them relax and recharge. And you should take care of your responsibilities at your work, at home, if you're, if you're leading or participating in a family, you should do all that stuff. But you got to take some time for yourself, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have to take time for yourself. And one thing the doctors have taught me over time is that stress, chronic stress, is really a fertilizer for cancer. Lack of sleep is also causes inflammation of body. That is a fertilizer for cancer. And I look back and look at our careers. I don't regret one second of my career. The peak of my career, the highlight of my career was working alongside you, working at Fox 7 in Austin, Texas, doing national fitness and health stories. That was, you know, everything I could have dreamed of. So for me, uh, I look back and see, okay, I could have cut back here. I could have, I, there were so many stories. I think when I started looking back and think of all the stories I started doing for my hospital bed. It was almost to re partially because I, I'm that reporter in me. And also I wanted to redeem myself and say, how did I overlook these stories that it's not that bad things can't happen to you, but the genius of armor up, which is what I launched in the hospital is that you have the chance to become your own hero, to prepare your body for illness with all the decisions you make, your body's preparing. So you can either take an active role or not. And to me, that was the biggest breaking story of my career mm -hmm. of getting no, fit. 
I think that's so, so true. It's such a good point. And when you talk about the stress, and I think back at that time, it was really a relatively small window of four or five months we got to, to do the show together. All of us, I thought we had a great time. Oh, we had the best. At, at, at work, but it was stressful. I mean, and sometimes good things for you, but they were stressful. I mean, Gabriel, your son, he was young, baby growing into toddler. What a, what a wonderful time in life. But it's stressful. It's busy. You know what I mean? And waking up, doing a morning show is awesome, but waking up in the middle of the night, that's rough. That's stressful. You know, so even good things can be stressful. It doesn't oh, have to be a bad yeah. thing. And then having my husband live across the country and me trying right. to hold down the fort and do it all. And I would yeah. say to my husband, why? You know, you look back and you think of decisions you made when you have time to sit in the hospital. Um, and I'll have you share some stories about your dad. But when, when you're sitting in the hospital, so much time is thinking of all the regrets. Like, why did I not move to be with my husband? Because I didn't want to let go of my career. I didn't want to lose my identity. The very thing I ended up losing in the end anyway because of cancer. I didn't want to leave my career that I loved. So my husband lived in Bethesda working at, in, in media as well in management. I held down my job and here I was having a nanny show up at three in the morning. It was nuts. You would, it was, you I would be like, stressed oh out hearing God. you describe your day. I was like, wow. You know, it was stressful is the right word for it, for sure. I would, yeah. I would hear you and Zach talk about, oh, well, at seven or 7.30, I go to bed. My, our spouses take over the role of watching our kids. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like my son is screaming and colicky to like 11. How, and so I look back and think, why did I do that to myself? Um, yeah. One thing I want to ask about in this with you or bring up with you, because you talk about the arm pain and, and us saying, oh, well, it was picking up your son. Oh, well, you're just fatigued. We all tend to do that with people when, they're, when they present a, a warning sign. Hey, this hurts or this sore, or this feels weird. And, and the reality is, one thing I've learned in TV, so many times it is nothing. So mm -hmm. it's, it's so tough, like you're putting out the message, you know, you do have to get it checked out. You have to go to that scary place to rule out what the bad thing is because you need to get in that fight right away if, it's, if that is in fact what it is. And then a lot of times you might get good news that it's nothing, but you need to know. I think for a lot of guys, at least, we're just so phobic of the doctor. Oh, well, it's probably nothing. And if it is something bad, it's going to wait for you. It's not going to just magically go away because you don't get it checked out. I, right. I've been guilty of That's that. That's a good message for men because it does take longer. And there are studies that say, say that it takes longer for men to get, get themselves to the doctor. And I always say, oh, here's another one. Always get a second opinion, even when you like yeah. the first. Well, so, that's, yeah. And it's so strange to say that. But the first doctor I went to said, this was before I even thought I had cancer, looked at my counts and said, you don't have cancer. So why would I be like, I'm going to go to another doctor and be like, are you sure? Because I liked what I heard the first time. But right. even when you like the first and someone rules it out, you truly have to follow up. Yeah. Um, and so from there, I, I remember I had someone, I, I left the news set after the newscast because, you know, we all go through things and we carry, we have our own days where we struggle emotionally and have problems at home or problems with our life. And we still smile through the good and the bad and the ugly. And then I would go home and I met with my acupuncturist, had someone put a TENS machine on my arm and nothing would make it better. And then eventually it went away. Kind of like the warning light in your car that goes away when it says like check engine and that goes away and you're like, whoo, the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was festering. And so I ended up in the hospital. And as you know, I was there for an entire year. Mm -hmm. um, seeing Gabriel only a few times, but something else that we shared in common is that your dad, went through a, a his own battle with a blood cancer. 
with multiple myeloma uh, uh, about a year, uh, within a year of you uh, having it. And he had, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, in his 70s at this point and just was getting some tests done. And he'd had uh, a bypass and was in good health. The things that happened, he had prostate cancer caught early. That was fine. That happens to a lot of men. But, he, but in the course of that, he became a regular visitor of doctors that he hadn't been in his life up at that point. And he had a proactive doctor. It had nothing to do with cancer on a blood test say, I don't like the looks of something. I can't remember what he was doing. It might not have even been an oncologist of any kind. It might have been his heart doctor. I'd like you to get this checked out. This one reading isn't right. And because of that, they found multiple myeloma in the very, very early stages and were able to get on it very aggressively. He ultimately had a stem cell transplant, but in taking a chemotherapy and pills to kind of get ready for it, they knocked it out so much that the cancer wasn't visible even before the stem cell. And his doctor then said, I want to step on its throat. I still want to do that anyway, even though, as you know, procedures like the stem cell made him sicker than he's ever been in his life. But step on the cancer's throat, knock it out. And because even at his advanced age, he was an active walker, he was a golfer, he was healthy, he was able to get through that. And he's doing well today, five years. And I'm so happy. And I remember him sending me cards and that yeah. meant so much to me. But going through, after seeing what I went through and then hearing your dad having a blood cancer, I can't mm-hmm. imagine, you know, being, I always tell my husband, even though I'm hard on him sometimes that I, I love him, but he's got that crisis management mode that he lacks emotion sometimes. His heart's <laughs> there, but he yeah. had to step away and kind of be that, that caregiver, but also not show so much emotion that he was crumbling inside. How did you mm-hmm. feel as a family member, as a son, whose father is going through that? Well, you know, it was, it, obviously it's scary. Uh, it's it's sad. It, there's an uncertainty. You know, the, the the cancer journey. For like we've talked about before, Loriana, there's there's no family that it hasn't touched in some way. Mm-hmm. And 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 the, and the one thing going forward about it too that I know you certainly go through. And he talks about you know, he's been so fortunate, you know, five years in good shape, and now he's 77 years old and doing fine. Mm-hmm. And four four times a year now, he goes to MD Anderson and gets that test, and he's like, it's just as terrifying as it was the first time. And then at the end of the night, they, you know, the day they call back and say, no, you look great. And then that's a euphoric thing and you kick the can down the road. But once you've been in there, even when you're in remission and you're good, you're never not in there. You're only one call away. You one know. blood draw away from going back yeah. to the hospital. It gives me yeah. goosebumps when you say that because I go tomorrow and I was telling people, you know, people say, oh, forget that's your past. I'm like, you can't forget it when you live with the effects of it, whether it's the financial toxicity or the physical effects of neuropathy. I, that my feet are burning all the time. You know, you have a number of things that have the effects and then the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress, like when your dad goes back to MD Anderson, all those thoughts of what he went through and you're thinking, I am just one blood draw away from something happening from the shoe drop, the other shoe dropping and it can't drop. Like I've been through enough. And so, so many cancer patients, they may not vocalize it. Maybe they internalize it. But we all go through that stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm going tomorrow to Hopkins. And I tell you what, I'm going to be like a, a new person tomorrow. When I walk out, I'm going to be skipping, I hope. Because <laughs> yeah. such, a bur- such a weight, like leading up to it, I'm cranky. I'm, I just, yeah. like my husband's like, what's the matter? I'm like, Don't, what's the matter? I have my appointment this week. <laughs> you should know that I get cranky yeah. this week. That- you know, it, it, 
again, it's a high, unlike anything else, when you get that clean bill of health going forward, you, you may not want to necessarily go through that valley in order to get that high, but that's the journey that every cancer patient's on. But I will say this, and one of the coolest things I think about you in your journey is that you're so proactive and you're such a fighter and all these things, whether it's prehabilitation or trying to talk about how doctors need to interact better, you're making things better for yourself and for so many other people. And cancer is just one of those things because there's a million different kinds and so many are, are so effectively treated now. We know so many of them are not, but like the ball keeps getting moved forward. And, and my dad has multiple myeloma. That The thing that scared me most when he first was diagnosed is they call that, that is an incurable cancer. And incurable means just what it says. And yet he's had his doctor tell him at this point, maybe it's because he's a little bit older too, but it said, you're going to die of something other than multiple myeloma. That's what the doctors told him. And that's what he hangs on to. And you think of other famous people, Geraldine Ferraro, the first woman to run vice president, is what she died of, multiple myeloma. And if he had been diagnosed with this 20 years ago, 20 years from when he was, it would have been a very different outcome. And, and so we talk about that. Well, what's going to happen to someone who's diagnosed with this 20 years from now? Maybe not only is the outcome better, but maybe the treatment is less painful and invasive. And less toxic. Less toxic. Maybe a handful of cancers are eradicated. And then, of course, the moonshot is that someday any and all cancers are gone. And I believe we will see that at some point in time. But it's, but it's, I, I just, I just hope, I hope that anyone with any kind of cancer has hope, you know, because that's the one thing you got to have to keep going. You have to have hope. And, and, you know, I, it's actually in medical terms, it's called post traumatic growth, where you, I mean, you go through the PTSD. But then you also have the growth where you see life as a different perspective. You, my perspective, when someone complains about something small and what may be big to someone else, I'm thinking like, you know what, that, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Like, do I have cancer? No. Okay. Let's move on. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost um, in a different way. Five years to the day, I know you were talking about the milestone for your dad. Five years to the day that I was celebrating my milestone that I had survived and saw my son to age seven, which you only have a 25% chance of surviving with AML. We put up our Christmas tree early, like we do every October. And then I got the call that I had breast cancer. And it was not from a genetic marker. They said it's from the full body radiation used to save my life. And I know at first when the doctor had to test me and do the biopsy before it was official and brought me in the room and she was kind of stuttering. And I said, just tell me, like, if, if I don't have to, here's perspective again, like the post-traumatic growth, if I don't have to sit in a hospital room for a year, separated from my son with 25% chance of survival, whatever you're going to tell me is going to be nothing compared to what I've been through. And so you, you gain that perspective, whatever, on, whatever in life, and you grow and you have to. That, that is, that's such an amazing thing to hear somebody say. I think it's important for someone like me who has not battled cancer personally we can't say that to people like you like oh you're going to grow from it you know like that's not for us to say you know shut up but when you hear someone like you say that it's it's amazing and and it and it makes sense that you know again you, you do, do just grow. appreciate a lot yeah i'm sure yeah. even with your dad um that you've seen his perspective change on things and little things i've had like a family member saying like you didn't send a card i'm like listen i got a lot going on if I, if you are losing sleep because I forgot to send your card, I am going to pray for you. I'm going to send that card. It's going to be, but like, not that I don't, I just that maybe I might be more forgetful. I have a lot going on. Um, but if it's like 
things that would have started an argument before. I'm like, that's not an argument to me. So your yeah. perspective does change. Um, but I wanted to get back to prehab and mm -hmm. rehab to fab that I talk about prehabilitation. You know, all my career, I've always talked about getting fit. And I did, I was, it was to me about getting into skinny jeans, but also being healthy, but I really didn't have a way to define it. And there was a quote that came out from the Clinical Oncology Society of Australia that said, I'm going to read this quote, if we could turn the benefits of exercise into a pill, it would be demanded by patients, prescribed by every cancer specialist, and subsidized by the government. It would be seen as a major breakthrough in cancer treatment. That is oh huge God, and really reiterates everything I've been saying for years, which is my three P's of prepare, present, for, prevail. You have to prepare sure. your body for illness so you could present well to your medical team and position yourself to prevail. It doesn't mean everybody who's fit's gonna win, but if you have 25% chance like I did, you want all 25, you don't want 10 because you're not fit enough. And yeah. so for me, when this quote just came out, like, I don't know, probably within the last year, and this was my eureka moment, I'm like, I've been validated because my oncologist from Hopkins would always say, focus on the prehabilitation. He would say, my hands are tied. I have people on this hall who can't get the treatment that you're getting and they need that strong dose. So find the gratitude in what you can do. And he yeah, really flipped my, I mean, it doesn't mean I wasn't depressed. I've cried a lot. I turned into a lunatic at times, missing my son, but he really flipped it around for me to have hope and have that sense of control of, okay, I prepared. So even mm -hmm. when I won, I kept preparing and thank God I did because then I had breast cancer and I prepared and I survived. I think it's true. And, and of course, you know, again, we, we all have different races to run. We all have different missions. And clearly the mission for the rest of your life is this fight against cancer. But if in this country, what's going to take you out in most times, if it's not cancer, it's heart disease. And you can probably say the exact same thing as it applies to heart disease. Getting in shape and being healthy and eating well. And taking, it's, you're taking care or you're giving yourself your best shot against, against all that stuff. Exactly. And I've had so many people, at, during when COVID started happening, while I was in the hospital with breast cancer and recovering from a double mastectomy, but people reached out where I, I was a speaker. Even our former news anchor, Catherine Kissel, had reached out from Fox 7. And a lot of people reached out and said, your message is more relevant than ever. Why are you not doing videos? And I said, well, one, I'm, I'm in the hospital. But two, uh, and I, I still can do videos from there. The other reason is I said, I kind of felt bad like to over, like COVID was everything. And they said, yeah, but your message is so relevant to COVID. And it is true that the more fit you are, the better position you are for success, the better you present, whether it's COVID, cancer, heart disease. If COVID doesn't get us where we have to overcome it, then it could be cancer. It, it's one in two men and one in three women, or maybe it's heart disease, or maybe it's just a back surgery, not just, but back surgery is major too, or knee surgery, whatever it is, the better you, you know, go in, the better you can get yeah. through it. Yeah, the, the one thing, we did an interview uh, a year or so ago on the show, made me think of you, wish you were there. It was, a, it was an older guy who put out a book and was a real fitness advocate as he was pushing 80 years old. And he said he had been a couch potato until about the age of 70. So wow. you talk about a late bloomer. Well, the one thing he realized is in, in modern medicine, once you hit 70 or so, really no matter what shape you're in or certain ages, you're more likely than not to stay alive at 80, 85, 90. It doesn't mean you're going to have necessarily a great quality of life. It means we're going to be able to keep you alive. So his take was, I want to have good life, active life. Yeah. You, you don't want to be 
if you're fortunate enough, and we talk about all these disease, cancer and all these things, if you're fortunate enough to get a good long life, you want it to be a, a good long life of good quality toward the end. And that's where fitness comes in too. It, it helps everything all at the same time. It does. And I know I, I've talked to so many friends who aren't into fitness and I know they look at me and they nod and they're like, that's a good cause. I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like I remember I was so fit and I, and so I'm going from like doing triathlons to walking to the bathroom seemed like a marathon. So I would really say you have got to get fit, like in what, whether it's walking a golf course, dancing, running, walking, whatever it is that you can do really could make an impact. And then, you know, it's the three P's. And then the fourth P, if anything ever happens to you, it's my unofficial P is being a pain in the neck, or there's a better term for that. <laughs> but um, you have to advocate for yourself and push for answers. And I'm sure your dad had to do the very same thing. So for me, it was really like the biggest story of my career is having to unravel and discover about prehabilitation, the power of prehabilitation and how to advocate for yourself, demand answers, because I always say the healthcare system operates in silos and they're all in their lane, the breast cancer lane, the leukemia lane, and they operate in silos, but we don't heal in silos and doctors need to talk and we need to help them talk to us better. Yeah. And, and that seems to me to be one of the biggest missions of all going forward, you know, yeah. to, to, to really have fundamental change there. And I, and I think that's such a good goal to work toward. That's going to take a while, but like you, like yeah. you always say, while you work on that, you can get up and walk around your block a couple of times. And there's no reason that you can't do both of those I, things, but you've got to take care of what you fully control at all times. I mean, before you have to admit, even though I was all about fitness when I was on the air, I'd always be like, hold the camera higher, make me look <laughs> right. I'd say, I would never be in front of a low camera. I and mean, even now, Lorianne, I'm trying to kind of do this to you. I know the rule you taught me about the high camera for sure. And you're so thin, but you would always, I would always drive everybody crazy in the studio saying, can you put it higher so you can make my neck look thinner? Um, oh, somebody's at my door, but I'm going to keep talking. Um, anyway. That makes me feel better in case my dog is about to go nuts at any point in time here. This is a real active, interactive podcast. Yes, it is an interactive podcast. And now I forgot because they, someone was at the door. My last thing I was going to talk about before we go, but the okay. other, hey, I'm on, I'm doing a podcast, guys. So just let your friend in and carry on. Come on, she can come in. We're going to keep going. They're, keep going. they're being nice and active. They're, they they're are being the message. nice and active. They're not in front of a screen. That's yeah. what I told Gabriel. You got to go prehab to fab. Got to work That's out. Right. Hey, he's doing it. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the last thing is putting equal value to mental and physical health. We put so much into physical health and we also have to focus on our mental health. And, and that goes for no matter what your job is, what your career is. And, and people, they don't realize that even with, you know, when you're on TV, the, the cameras may be on, but you have, everybody has their own struggles. Yeah. And, People need to understand that we all need that mental health is okay. Getting a therapist for whatever reason is okay. Absolutely. Uh, no, I mean, it, it definitely is. I'm guilty of that. Like, again, not knowing what someone else is going through. And sometimes you only see like, man, they were a real piece of work today or something. And, you know, like you said earlier, we all try to keep it together for everyone else and try to not burden other people and do our jobs. But you do need to take care of yourself. And I don't, I don't presume to know what that looks like for some people. I think it looks very different for some people than others. Uh, some people might need a little more help in that than others, but. Uh, and that's one way yeah, to get your own hero. That's diet, exercise, lifestyle, spiritual, financial. So my message is that 
when you're preparing yourself or your body's going to prepare itself for you, you have to eat, not just eat clean. When Decide about when you wake up, what are you eating? How much exercise are you getting? This toxicity in your life, this stressful life, stressful relationships, stressful interactions you're having that could lay the foundation, financial and spiritual foundation, all that determines how well you can present when life punches you in the face, which it did think, twice for me. I, and, I, and I think you've laid out something and I, I would... I would just say to people, you would know this better, but that is a, that could be a transformation in somebody's life who's not minding the store right now, physically, maybe like they'd like to, financially like they'd like to a million other ways. That's not going to change overnight. Discipline in, you know, saving a little money, building in a routine to walk around the block before you're ever going to run five months, you know, the, changing right. that stuff doesn't happen overnight. So you got to just be excited about doing a little something today that you didn't do yesterday or a little something for a week or two that you didn't do before. And then you may look up six months from now and a year from now and be in a really different place than you are right now. Right. I, yeah, I agree. Every little step can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Got to yeah. just chip at it little by little. But now when someone, now that I know the dangers before we wrap up, the dangers of not sleeping, and how it can really be a fertilizer for cancer and open the floodgates for illness. Um, I, and I also know about so the lack of sleep and the stress. So when someone goes to stress me out, I'm like, oh, hold up. You are not gonna stress <laughs> me out and cause inflammation in my body. Step away from the scene. And, if, and then I'm almost like, you know, Cinderella, like when it gets late, if I know I have to get up really early, I'm like, snap, snap, I'm going to bed. I that am not missing my sleep. You are not stressing me out. I work too hard to be alive. You know, I, I will, I will say that real fast because I think that's so important. Because and that really does go to you, someone who was amazing with workouts, amazing with nutrition, and on that morning show it was understandable. Horrible with sleep, getting one or two hours a night, and it's just as important as those other. We need our bodies are made to get rest. It's like plugging in your phone. You've got to recharge. Yes. And, and again, it's almost like that's the joke. Like, oh, I got 30 minutes. No, man, that's not good. You know, like it's just like. success and the wheel will fall off the bus. I know somebody yeah. called me and asked me to speak at a yoga conference. And somebody else said, why would you speak at a yoga conference? They kind of like drink the Kool-Aid already. And, and I said, oh, no, because yogis can be just as guilty. I mean, you're going to exercise and eat right. And we check it off and we think we've done everything. But the truth is, if you're not sleeping, you're not restoring cells. And as my, my oncologist from Hopkins says, the wheel will fall off the bus. You'll, you're not gonna restore cells and you open the body for illness and cancer and heart disease and other illnesses. I, I've, heard a doctor, I've heard a doctor call sleep free medicine. This is free medicine when you give yeah. yourself a good night's sleep for whatever is going on in your body. And, I, and again, I, I wanna put that, cause you know our schedules that we have, I don't like to put that on people. That's easier said than done, you know, depending on what job you have what age your kids are, who are, like, you know, it's easier said than done, but you know what I tell my husband, you're going to laugh, gonna well, laugh at this because my husband is very strict about wearing his mask. He has to wear it at work. He's very good. strict, but before he puts on his mask, he eats his pop tart and <laughs> maybe sleeps for hours. And I should, I, I'm laughing now. I won't be laughing if something happens, but I'm like, listen, everybody. I, okay. I know the mask, whether to wear it, not wear it is, people's rights and it's become controversial. But the point is, if you're going to be so, if you are a believer in wearing a mask and you are wearing a mask, but you're eating a Pop-Tart and you're not working out, why are you like, it's like having a burger with a Diet Coke. Like it's a real <laughs> success. You can't, you know, yeah. 
you still have to build your body up, build its immune system up and keep your body strong. Like putting a mask on is great. Okay, but what about the rest of you? So I tell Caesar before he puts that mask on, how was that Pop-Tart? Or how was that four Pop hours of sleep you got? Pop-Tarts are pretty delicious, L'Oreal. Maybe, maybe he can have <laughs> one every now. <laughs> maybe like an apple. Uh, yeah, well, I've, I've moved on to Kind Bars, which, yeah. Oh, yay! But, but, you know, our, our second floor or third floor vending machine's got some brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts. And if I said <laughs> I'd never bought one, I'd be lying. But, oh, you'd uh, be lying. Okay, well, remember that. Fewer Pop-Tarts, more apples. And I'm sure Caesar's trying to do that. I'm sure Caesar gets his share of very good, healthy meals or else he'd be sleeping in the garage. You wouldn't let him in the house. Yeah, well, last <laughs> night I made him turkey burgers and then I had a key lime, keto key lime pie made with cashews and coconut cream. And he said it was an acquired taste. And I said, well, I packed you turkey burgers for tomorrow for work. He said, you could hold the turkey burgers. Oh, uh, well, you know. I, I, where is the love? I'm trying to help you become your own hero. You know, so, so again, so many of the things you exposed us to on the show, the foods were, were really good. They really were. And then, and so many of them were fine, but it's something like that where you're like, you know what the traditional, we like, we know what a piece of key lime pie is supposed to taste like, or we know what a burger is supposed to taste like. And so like, it, it would taste just like that, except there'd be one thing you'd be like, what is this? <laughs> whatever the flavor was in a pie or he said a, don't tell that. me that's what he said he said don't tell me it's a key lime pie because you set my expectations differently just say it's a <laughs> naturally sweetened dessert of some kind caesar is a brilliant man i, I that's, threw that's him off you do calling it. key lime that's that's exactly right tell him i have made you a naturally sweetened dessert i hope you like it that's it yeah that's a totally different <laughs> expectation for sure Oh my gosh. I have, I have made you a piece of meat. Don't worry about what kind it is. I hope you enjoy it. And after that, yes. you'll have a naturally sweetened dessert. That's a totally different meal. For he said, it's like giving me something and saying it tastes like chicken. Right? <laughs> it all <laughs> tastes like chicken in the end, I guess. flavor I could put on tofu for you, but, um, but it is a work in progress. <laughs> we can hopefully yeah. change people's diets and habits, at least being aware. Like one thing before yeah. we go is, I tell people at the end of my speeches to take out their phone and put in their phone workout and put it on repeat every day. And so we know the realities that life's going to get in the way, work's going to get in the way, you're going to work later. But every day when you have to delete that off your calendar and you're doing it all the time, it's going to mentally make an impact and say, wow. yeah. what? I've, it, it, I have it every day at 6 a.m. workout. And when I have to keep deleting it off the calendar, I'm like, you know what? I've done that four days in a row or three days in a row. It, it speaks volume. So just even to have it visually, to yeah. psychologically to comprehend that you've missed your armor up moments. It's like it, accountability with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's what I normally leave people with. My uh, my lasting note is put that in their phone. So I don't. I know you don't need that because you're Mr. Well, Fit. No, I'm not Mr. Fit, but I am Mr. Afternoon Workout. So in honor of you today. Pretty soon after we leave this, I'll go. Okay, yeah, you better work out because it's um, 3 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock, I mean, oh, Central. Is. Yes, it so is. I'll let you work out and armor up for life and get fit, be your own yes. hero. You're going out and preparing. Yes, yes ma'am, I am. That's right. It's so Thank good you. to talk to you. Thank All you right. so much. Okay. Wait, I got to figure out how to stop this thing, right? Stop.